0: Thank you so much, T.L. Westgate, for coming on today.
1: Sure thing. Happy to be here.
0: What does T.L. stand for?
1: Well, my dad was Tom and I was Tommy, and then I grew up and didn't want to be Tommy anymore, and it got to be confusing, so I just switched over to my initials.
0: Okay. Hey, what's your middle name? Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, Okay. I was kind of curious. So I was reading that you do these 48-hour film projects. What does that look like?
1: Well, if you haven't heard of it before, it started about 20 years ago, and it's in over 100 cities around the world, but it's under one organization. So each individual city, you know, Mexico City, Osaka, London, Charlotte, North Carolina, they'll have it on different weekends. But the premise is it starts at 7 p.m. on a Friday, and you have to turn in a film by 7 7.30, 7.30, they give you a half-hour buffer, 7.30 p.m. on a Sunday. So you have 48 and a half hours to come up, write a film, shoot it, and edit it. Now, in order to keep you honest, they give you a few parameters at kickoff. So I recently did it here in Orlando, and this year, every team had to have a trophy appear in the film. They had to have a character named Hap Coolahan who was a guest services manager. And somebody in the film had to say the line, you remind me of my ex. (laughs) That way you can't shoot it or write it ahead of time because you don't know what character you need and you don't know what line you're going to use. You don't know what prop you need. And then the kicker is that you get randomly assigned a genre. So you don't know if you're going to make a Western, a drama, a comedy, (laughs) a mockumentary. So that way it just ensures that you can't do any or you can't do much pre-planning. You can certainly brainstorm some ideas, but it's designed to keep you honest and keep everybody on the same page, on a level playing field, and make a film in forty-eight hours.
0: What's a mockumentary? Is that like a uh, making fun of a documentary, or what is that?
1: Yeah, like it's like this is Spinal Tap, or you know, The Office felt like a mockumentary. Parks okay. and Rec, where people are like looking at the camera and they're being captured doing their daily life. Like um, Modern Family is a good example. Okay. okay. All
0: right. Was there a specific film that got you to want to be in the film industry, or what inspired you?
1: Yeah. As a kid, I was a stage actor in local theater in Florida, and it just terrified me to be out in front of so many hundreds of people on stage, and what if I forgot my lines? When I got a video camera, that I was like, oh, this is much better. I can do it over and over again until I get it right. But maybe the one film that probably caught me by surprise was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Either I saw the wrong ad or their ads weren't very telling of what the film was about. Because I was like, this looks like Lawrence of Arabia, like boring people in the desert. And my grandparents took me to see it and I was just blown away. Like, oh my God, this is the most amazing film I've ever seen. I still have an original Raiders poster from 1981 straight from a movie theater that I got. So that's probably the film that pushed pushed me in this direction.
0: That's pretty cool. And you had created a YouTube short Years ago, of, uh, I think you were like the son of Indian Jones. Or uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. What <laughs> What was that like in
1: creating? I made a college film based on Indiana Jones. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's I have it online because everything I make, I feel like, is my journey. And I think all filmmakers need to get the bad films under your belt, get them out of the yeah. way, learn each time. Watch your films to see what works and what doesn't so that you can fix those things and get better. So, I'm not, you know, I might be a bit sheepish, but I'm not embarrassed outright by my old bad work because it shows a progression. I hope. (laughs) Where'd you
0: find the uh, Indian Jones hat that you use for that uh, short film?
1: Uh, I bought that hat at a haberdashery in Atlanta, Georgia, when I was there on a visit. I was like, wow, this hat looks great. I mean, I actually, when I was a teenager, I bought the official Indiana Jones fedora, but my head's bigger than most. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was at this other hat store, I was like, hey, this one fits and it looks just like a fedora.
0: What was something you learned from making that that you applied to future uh, project?
1: Oh man. Well, that was, you know, my little Indiana Jones college project was, the class was called a, DIS, a Directed Individual Study. So I was taking media production and I learned, you know, editing and how to shoot. And I was on the sidelines at Florida State for football games, making sports packages. But I had this one class, Directed Individual Study, and I showed up the first day to my instructor and he said, well, what's your idea? What are you going to make? And I said, well, I have this idea for like a 15 minute movie based on Indiana Jones. He said, okay, I will see you the last day of the class. That was the whole class. I now have three months to go do this thing. And in doing so, I shot all the things. And this is back in the old. I used um I used some school equipment, but I had a shoulder-mounted VHS camcorder. So I had all these disparate VHS tapes, and I and it was towards the end of the course, and I couldn't get editing bay time in our proper equipment, but there was time, and the student union had a couple little rinky dink editing bays and the only time i could get was like 11 p.m so i went in and i edited for a couple hours and i was like okay it's yeah i I finished it and it felt like it was four in the morning and i walked outside it was one in the afternoon the next day i had been editing for 13 hours and didn't even know it that's how much i love the process so when i made that film i was like this is what i need to be doing for the rest of my life because I love it. And I don't even feel it. it it's just, it, it's, it's magical to me to put something together like that.
0: Still, do you never get like tired or burnt out on editing. Cause I feel like it, it's needed, but it's such a tedious, it feels such a tedious task.
1: Yeah. It's like, I remember back in high school, they said, when you get geometry, you either get an A or a C people either get it or they hate it. Come to learn. It's the same thing with editing because I love it because I write direct and edit and I feel like they all work hand in hand. Directing is the second half of writing and editing is the second half of directing. But I certainly know a lot of people who are like, I I love shooting. I love making the film and I hate editing. I can't speak to, you know, why I love it or Mm -hmm. what, what, others can do to to like it more but you know to me that's where it all comes together especially maybe more so with when you make a comedy film because comedy is all about timing and that's where you get the timing for each joke you can make or break a joke in the edit and you can actually make new jokes via editing so i love the edit that's where it all comes together for me
0: back to the 48 hour film project what was your favorite film that you got out from that
1: oh gosh probably shadows in the dark because uh, i mean the first film that we made for the 48 that actually did well in the film festival circuit was tech squad we shot it in late 2013 so in 2014 it started hit a few festivals and that was a sentimental favorite because that was our first good enough production to actually start getting into film festivals but then a couple years later we made shadows in the dark And the whole premise behind that, we we didn't just shoot a film. We kind of had this premise behind it that the film was being made by a local theater troupe of stage actors. And this is their first time making a film. So we put in lots of continuity errors and editing errors. We kind of made it naked gun-esque, airplane-esque, if you will. So the comedy came from the fact that it was so bad, but on purpose. So that did really well at film festivals because film festivals are normally the audience is full of filmmakers and they get the jokes that we put in there.
0: Okay. Something I was actually thinking about the other day is why is it that Airplanes and Naked Gun were so successful and really good at the comedy it did, but so many other films since then have tried doing it and, it's like awful i like yeah
1: no i know what you mean i think the funny comes from the fact that the first airplane was actually (laughs) is sort of technically a remake of of a film from the 40s called zero hour i think it was which it's almost the same film i might not have that title right but anyway um they basically took the script from this drama film about an airplane with the the crew getting food poisoning and they played it the almost none of the dialogue was changed except for you know a few of the zingers and so forth and they added of course you know the, the jive talking scene and stuff like that but the bulk of the script was almost identical but they played it so deadpan it came off as funny so they took a drama and made it into a comedy whereas you know, when you start getting into Hot Shots and Robin Hood, Men in Tights, the same sort of genres or uh, scary movie. Now they're kind of just copying, which is the sincerest form of flattery, I guess. But, you know, Airplane and, and Naked Gun certainly were the innovators.
0: Yeah. is I tried watching Scary Movie like two or three times and it's just, it kept getting worse and worse. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times in those films, or or just any comedy, you can see the joke coming. And when you know the punchline, it's not funny. To me, comedy comes from the unexpected. You can't see the joke coming, and that's what surprises you into laughter.
0: Do you have a favorite comedy?
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So many. Seth MacFarlane cracks me up. Ted, the movie Ted, was hysterical. Even more so because in middle school was when that movie Flash Gordon was on HBO and I love that movie I still do and I know how bad it is it's a bad movie (laughs) but it hit me at the right time in middle school and I would like fake being sick to stay home and watch it on HBO I'd watch it at 2 a.m so you know in Ted Mark Wahlberg's character meets Sam J. Jones from Flash Gordon and it's I was like did Seth McFarlane write this movie for me because this is right up my alley (laughs) Team America, World Please is outrageously funny. Um, I I just can't stop laughing at that film. But there's so many. I mean, I I like Will Ferrell, Judd Apatow stuff. So I'm all over the map.
0: Have you always liked um, spy films or always wanted to make a spy film?
1: Maybe not in particular but yeah i just made a film with my good buddy dale metz we we uh did a different kind of challenge from the 48 this one you had a couple months to make but it's um here in orlando called the orlando independent filmmakers they have a a a challenge two or three times a year and one of the genres you could pick was spy thriller and he and i decided to make a spy film and that's our latest one that's just now hitting the festival festival circuit it's a russian word pronounced misia means the mission and uh, there's a Russian, uh We we met a Russian actress who's going to college here in town, and we're like, "This is perfect. We can use her and tie in some, you know, classic Russian versus America themes and make a spy film out of it."
0: What was the hardest part of making the film? Having it all come together.
1: Well, for this one, it, it was almost. <laughs> you know, the the good thing about the '48 is you get your team together and everybody saves that weekend. They're like, I'll be there. So when you have more time, the downside is, well, when is this person available? Not till that Thursday, but then this person's working. So now next weekend, you know, the tough part was scheduling all these different people. Uh, Other than that, you know, Dale does a really good job with the 3D CGI, which we incorporated into, and, and not like spaceships or anything, but, you know, we have a yacht, In the water that wasn't really there but it looks like it was there because dale's so good at the 3d cgi so uh, that part wasn't so difficult it was i think just scheduling really because we 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 tend to to not write too big we want to keep it focused make it situational set up a problem and solve it not have rambling you know especially when it comes to like a short film Uh, to me a short film is the end of a feature film You just have to get the audience up to speed and finish the film. For example, you can have a a couple at dinner arguing and saying they're going to get divorced. That's, you know, the big moment. Oh, my God, it's the end of the relationship. So you can do that in a short film. And you don't have to show them meeting, falling in love, getting married, having kids, having things go bad. All that's implied when they start to argue at dinner. So you can make a seven or eight minute short film that's kind of feels like the end of a big film. Do you like making short films
0: more than uh, long feature films?
1: Ah, I've only made one, It's it was kind of a weird run length, but it's technically considered a feature. It, I wouldn't be opposed to making a feature film, but there's a lot of hurdles in so far as when you make a short, you can put it into festivals, you can put it on your YouTube channel, whatever you want to do with it. When it comes to a feature you can't really do that on the down low mm-hmm. that's going to involve too many people and too much time so what that requires is a budget and I don't mean five or ten thousand dollars if you want to do it right you need to spend two hundred thousand dollars get a really good cinematographer hire good actors and say at that point you can say what's you know forget your work schedule we're shooting on the 14th and the 15th If you can't be there, then you're not our actor. So you're paying people to be there. So in other words, you need to spend enough money to make the film good enough in order to, because you can make any kind of bad film and put it on Amazon Prime. You can pay for that. But what's your return on that? You're not, it's not going to rent. It's going to, people are going to start giving it one-star reviews. Nobody's going to watch it. So you have to sink enough money into it to make it worthwhile to have a return on your investment. And to me it's easier to make short films for zero to no little money. The return on that is I didn't spend much, but we get into festivals, my actors are glad that the, you know people are seeing them, I get to travel. So this is a fun way to practice my craft without sinking too much money into it.
0: <laughs> what's been your favorite place to travel?
1: Oh man, uh, <laughs> I've been to a lot of states and even um, some foreign countries for my uh, short films when they get into festivals. <clears throat> As part of the 48 at the year end, the year end for them is March, uh, but all the city winning films go to Filmapalooza and they move that around every year. So uh, my two favorites were when I went to Paris for Filmapalooza and then Rotterdam in 2020. We got home from Rotterdam a week before the lockdown. So barely made that one but yeah I just I just love to travel that's it's kind of like when I make a film I'm like oh I want to go to Las Vegas so I'm going to put it in the Las Vegas Film Festival or LA sounds fun I'm going to see if I can get in there and when I get into these festivals I try to attend as much as I can afford to
0: (laughs) what's been the coolest place outside the country you've been
1: to? yeah probably Rotterdam it was it was really because uh we flew into Amsterdam and toured the city and then we went down to Rotterdam for the festival and then did another day of touring. And it's just, it was so beautiful, the countryside and so historic and you learn so much. I mean, traveling makes the world smaller. I think everybody should travel to to learn that we're not all that different. It's not us versus them, you know, it's, it's all us. I think it'd be nice, cool to like
0: experience a different culture outside of America and see what the rest of the world looks like.
1: Oh, yeah. I've done some traveling for work to, you know, Europe and Asia. and But, you know, the, the film festival travel is the most fun because it's very relaxed. I mean, I, you know, when you're working on a trip, you do have some downtime. But Paris was great. I've been in Nice for work, Germany for fun. You know, I try to I try to get around.
0: <laughs> I read that you held the record for the most wins in the film festivals. Oh, I don't know
1: about that. Um <sighs> I mean, I'm sure that there's some films that have way more laurels than I do. But to me, to get in is the win. I just want to, you know, get my film good enough to get into a festival. Sometimes you get nominations. That's great. That's just an acknowledgement that we did it right. And every once in a while, you'll get a win, which is fantastic. But I'm not there to collect trophies. I'm there to, you know, make a body of work so that when I come up with my next film, I can show maybe a new actor I haven't worked with. Like, look, this is what I've done. I'm not half bad because a lot of times, you know, I've I've gotten to be friends with actors and then they say, oh yeah, I made a film with this person and man, it was not a good experience. So I I think getting into festivals and having laurels on your poster is just really advertising that if I want to work with you and no matter what we come up with, it's not going to be a negative experience. You know, I've I've got a good reputation and I want to hold on to that.
0: (laughs) What is your favorite part of acting?
1: I was an actor as a kid so it's just always been in me to to bring characters to life and, and try to be different. I mean, uh, you know, comedy is is my wheelhouse, but stretching into drama and and sci-fi is always a fun challenge as well. And that's that's another bonus to the 48-hour film project is you get a genre, you don't know what you're going to make. So I like making comedies. Well, there've been a couple of years where we got two you get two genres to to pick from randomly. And uh we couldn't make either one a comedy so it's like it's that that's fun it's like this is going to push you into trying something even different that's where you learn and grow do you consider yourself a method actor or how do you get into character no um not method i remember the urban legend hollywood legend i hope it's true of uh on the set of marathon man dustin hoffman had a scene where his character was supposed to have been strapped into a chair tortured and kept awake for 24 hours So before shooting that scene, he stayed awake for 24 hours to get into character. Mm -hmm. Well, that movie was made with the great British actor, Sir Laurence Olivier. And he is quoted as after, you know, Dustin Hoffman came on set, he looked like crap because he'd been awake for 24 hours. He said, oh, I've been awake trying to get into character. And Sir Laurence Olivier said, well, why don't you just try acting? Method acting, to me, it's just the motivation on the page. What is this? And that's what you have to boil your character down to. If they're bad, they're bad for a reason. What's that reason? They want something. So they're going to do everything they can to get that something. A great bad guy character was Thanos, the MCU. He had a reason. He wanted to teach the universe not to overindulge. Now, instead of using the Infinity Stones to create more of everything that people can utilize, he decided to cut the universe in half. You, you might not have liked his results, but his, his motivation was sound. So that makes a good bad guy. So you have to latch onto your character's quality and focus on that to bring it to life.
0: What do you think about the Joker? Heath Ledger's Joker makes that villain so good and so
1: iconic. Well, Michael Caine's Butler character—he summed it up beautifully. Because you're like, what is this guy's motivation? And he said, "Sometimes men just want to see the world burn. They're just wrong in the head, and that's what Heath Ledger did a great job of bringing to the screen." Is that mania? Yeah. So that that's his motivation. He's just giving the finger to the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I imagine when you're making a film that there's a lot of uh, challenges, and for a little while you gotta like be doubting yourself or wondering how it's gonna go, how it's gonna play. And I'm just curious, how did you like deal with those thoughts as they come, and how'd you overcome it? And well. Stick with I-
1: it? To me, the hardest part of any shoot is the first shot because you, you got everybody assembled and you're getting, they're all in costume and you're setting up the lights and the cameras and the sound and it's, there's a lot of milling around and it's, it's, it's tough to get everybody like, okay, here, we're going to start now, but once you get the ball rolling, um, yeah, unless you, you're throwing a curveball then, then you're chugging along, but getting that first shot in the can is, is the hardest part for me. I just feel like, you know, I don't want to, it's almost like I don't want to bother everybody. Like, okay, we're all here, we're catching up, haven't seen you in a while. You're in costume and this, are you ready? And is this ready and is that ready? And you get to the point where it's like, okay, we need to start, <laughs> <laughs> and, but once you do, then everybody wants to to get that film made. So that's, that's the fun part. Uh, we did have our, the very first time, I, I write with uh, my shingle, Creative Inlet Films, uh, my writing partner is Michelle Bertana. We met in 2008 and through a Yahoo script writing group. And then we heard about this 48 hour thing. And we thought, oh, well, let's let's go try that first. And we, we didn't have our own team. We were on a team. And the first, you know, we wrote it Friday night because you're on a time crunch. Saturday morning, all of our actors show up and our lead actress reads the script and says, I'm sorry, I, I can't be in this film. And she left because of one off-color joke. So we were like, well, there goes our lead. What are we going to do now? And the lead actor, he said, well, hey, I know know a girl. And he called her up and she showed up and we were able to finish. That film, you know, wasn't our best work. (laughs) We had too many writers. But, you know, the day was saved by somebody showing up, Johnny on the Spot. Do you feel like being
0: a creative person requires you that you tell a particular story?
1: A particular story? Hmm.
0: Maybe a... Their way of wording it is, uh, do you feel like a filmmaker has responsibility to the culture?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, if, if you're, yes. <laughs> there is a weight to filmmaking because it is impactful. Sure, you can, you know, Will Farrell will make a goofy, dumb movie that's funny and everybody laughs and it doesn't have to have a statement. But words mean things and films can convey an emotion and a, and a message and it impacts people differently like I said, we, we mostly make comedies and one year we had to make a drama. And, you know, when you do the 48 over and over again, you, you tend to like meet up with the same people every year and they make their film and you make their, your film. Yeah. One, one year we had to make pretty, we, we wound up making a, a very heavy drama and, you know, somebody came up to me afterward and said, well, I, that's, I didn't know you had that in you. That was very different. <laughs> so there you as a filmmaker, you can do fun. You can make an action film but you can also make something that means something to others. So you you have a responsibility as a filmmaker to represent your subject matter accurately. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're making a film about a blind person, you don't necessarily need to hire a blind actor because that's what acting is. You act like something you're not. But definitely have representation behind the camera at the very least. Uh, consultants, uh, you know, y- you don't write a film about space flight without consulting astronauts or NASA or rocket scientists. Otherwise, it's just going to be factually inaccurate. So, as a filmmaker, yeah, you do have some responsibilities.
0: Are there any actors in the industry that you look up to?
1: Well, Harrison Ford's kind of a favorite of mine. <laughs> Gosh, I just don't really keep track of people like that. I don't know. Like, if if you were to say who would I want to direct or or work with, I if I actually sat down and like started to go through list of movies that i'm like oh yes yeah, him of course so why was i not thinking of that but just off the the cuff here yeah i mean i guess harrison ford would be my go-to
0: that'd be pretty uh cool i was uh listening to an interview with uh, george lucas and he was saying that uh, harrison ford refused to sign on to doing three movies they're in the original trilogy yeah. and so everyone was back and doubting that he was going to be in the sixth one. Mm-hmm. And once he finally was, Harrison Ford begged George Lucas to kill him off, but George Lucas didn't. And then in Jones movies, Harrison Ford begged George Lucas to kill him off, and he never did. No,
1: no don't kill the cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's why they uh, wrote into Empire, him being frozen if the contracts didn't come through, they could have just said, well, he died. But, you know, he it was a big, another massive hit. They threw a lot of money at him. He said, OK, I'll come back for more.
0: <laughs> Are there any any questions regarding the uh, spy film that you'd create that you'd like to talk about? Or?
1: Oh, no, it's just a lot of fun. Anastasia Brechchenko. <laughs> I think so how you pronounce her last name. Yeah, she's a great actress. We met um going to University of Central Florida for her acting degree. She was, you know, raised in Moscow, full Russian, and it was great to, I mean, she's very good at, at at acting, and it was fantastic to be able to utilize, like I said, you know, representation-wise. We could have hired any local actor who puts on Russian accent, but we got to use an actual actress from Russia. And that just makes that elevates the film. So that is uh and and we also got to use um some footage from a trip I was on to Washington, D.C. I shot a scene up there and uh, Dale and I, a couple years ago, we were in Paris and we went to the Eiffel tower and shot some stuff. Just thinking maybe someday we can use this in one of our films. And we got to integrate that perfectly. It worked out really well. So it's kind of our first international production. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's just starting out on the film festival circuit. We've only heard back from a few, so hopefully it does well. And uh, you know, all my best to Anastasia. She's just starting her career and hopefully this will help her move forward. Would
0: this uh, film be available for other people uh, to watch?
1: Not yet, but yes. Uh, the way the film festivals work is you get about a year, year and a half uh, of putting it out on, on the circuit before, you know, some festivals are like, if, if you were submitting to a festival right now, they'd probably say no films. And right now is as uh, September, 2022. They'd probably say, we don't want any films older than 2021. So, you know, we're going to put this film out for the next year plus ish, and then it'll be available on our on our social media outlets for that's where we're, you know, after it has its festival run, we just make it available to the public so that our actors can say, like, look, I was in this film. This is how good I can do it because we want them to get more work.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Where can people go to learn more about you and stay updated with you and your future projects?
1: Uh, Yeah, creativeinletfilms.com is where I, uh, you know, the the more recent films that are still on the festival circuit, you'll just see the trailer, but all the older stuff you can watch. And, uh, you know, if you go all the way back and move forward, hopefully you'll see the quality improve over time. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, creativeinletfilms.com.
0: Thank you again so much for your time. It's been great. A lot of fun.